Hold on to me as we go As we roll down this unfamiliar road And although this wave is stringing us along Just know you're not alone Cause I'm gonna make this place your Good morning, Hamilton. This is Rob Golfie with Remax Escarpment, the Golfie team. Welcome to the Hamilton Real Estate Show with Rick Zamprin and Phil Golfie. Good morning, gentlemen. How are you? Excellent. Good. <laughs> Usually you Happy go a lot Halloween. longer than that, Rick. Happy What's Halloween. Yes. Uh, listen, November's here. Christmas is not Coming. far off. We've just come off Halloween. A very wet and windy Halloween. I'm sure the kids had a lot of fun. Uh, yes, this is the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. 905-575-7700 is the phone number to call to get your home sold. Remember, Golfie gets it sold. Check out the all-new robgolfie.com. It's a great website, robgolfie.com. They're all over social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, the handle at robgolfie. And be sure to subscribe to the Hamilton Real Estate Show podcast on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, wherever you get your favorite podcast. Past episodes online at robgolfie.com and 900chml.com. And if you have a question for the Golfie team or you'd like us to discuss a certain topic in a future program, send us an email. That email address is questions at robgolfie.com. We are going to get to a host of topics today, including why you shouldn't bury your pet in the backyard, and I know some people do, and the rules from province to province are different, so we'll get into that. Uh, why your home is not selling. I know there's uh, several different uh, items we can tackle on that topic. Your home can be a hot property even when it's cold outside. We know the colder months are on the way, so how to maintain um, uh, the hotness of your property when it does hit the listing. Uh, what's the deal with all those we buy your houses for cash companies? We've seen these signs I, all I, over the place, right? Yes, We'll yes. get into that as well. But we'll uh, begin with uh, exciting news in the city of Hamilton. Earlier this week, in which uh, it was revealed a developer is going to be uh, tearing down in stages uh, the old Eaton Center, City Center Mall in downtown Hamilton, and is building a $700 million complex, which is going to include a ton of condo space. Right along the LRT line, the heart of Hamilton, this sounds like uh, it's going to be an amazing project. It is. And uh, from my understanding is it's going to take three years to get all the... uh uh, paperwork and Approvals, environmentals and yeah. all that kind of stuff done. Uh, it, it, it's something we need. It's 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 probably a nice piece of real estate. I, I don't know what the uh, final price that he purchased it for. So obviously this guy's pretty savvy. He owns other development. He's built other develop uh, other condos in different parts of Ontario. Hmm. So um, it's something we do need. I, I'm pretty sure that I'm, there's going to be probably retail on the main level and then um, Condo condos on the upper level um absolutely i mean you know hamilton is is is, is a metropolitan city and it's just going to get bigger and stronger it's really going to change the cityscape or the skyline of the city i mean if you're building uh, you know the plans call for five towers some as high as 28 stories i mean uh, we're not talking about these you know four or five kind of story developments no no it's it's, it, it's it's and it'll probably take you know three four years to build like so so we're f- Five to seven years before there'll be an, a tower, probably. Right. Because uh, they need three years to to do to uh, get things started. Then they'll sell it, and then three years after that, yeah, it'd right. be about ten years before you'll see the first tower tower up. 
So I'm not sure what the construction schedule is, but we know that the LRT is going to be, you know, along that area. Yeah. This thing is going to be demolished. I mean, that's going to be like a war zone down there. Oh, it's it's it's, it's going to hurt mess for a couple of years. Yeah. It's, it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna hurt some businesses, just like it did Lock Street. You know, right? Like yeah. you know, uh, I feel you know, Lock Street's opening up now. Um, you know, going off subject, we'll go back to Lock Street. Mm-hmm. But, but the great thing about this is Jackson Square is going to be a vibrant uh, shopping mall I so. again. Yeah. I remember, remember, I don't know, Rick, if you remember this, but I remember in the '80s, um, downtown there, it was jammed with people. That was the place like, to be before like, Lime Ridge, right? You know, you know, as you're going uh, southbound on James Street, when you hit the lights there at King and James. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember I would be I'd be at the lights right there, and the crosswalk would be something you would see like in New York City. Right. Like it's just like everybody's just mission mashing, going crossing, and then mm-hmm. if they find their way to go to the next corner, and we don't you don't see that. I, I you don't see that now, yeah. but but I could see that in ten to twenty years from now that you're gonna see a lot of residents living down here, and Jackson Square. I'll tell you, like it's, it's gonna be it's gonna be a hopping mall. It, it it would have to be because I mean if you are injecting that much, uh, that many more people downtown. And I mean, density, we're talking the density. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Like the intensification is yeah. going to be massive. And, and that's just one development. Do you know how many other developments are going up downtown yeah. Hamilton? So it's just it's just going to be it's going to be fantastic for uh, for Hamilton downtown and and the merchants and everybody. So the uh, developer is saying yeah it's not going to happen anytime soon. It's three and a half acre property which is a Huge development. Uh, it was built in, at least the city center part, built in 1990, which I didn't know this, by Cadillac Fairview, and originally known as the Eaton Center, which I think most people know, includes more than 550,000 square feet of commercial area and employs several hundred people, of course, with all the shops down right. there. And uh, the developer saying that uh, the one thing that we're least concerned about is people being interested in buying or living there. That's the least concern for us. We believe the demand is there. How is that going to affect real estate downtown because if you want to be downtown you might you know this is a brand new property it'll drive more people from outside the area to come this way come back down yeah you're gonna get uh you're gonna get student uh parents of students uh buying them for their for their kids um you're gonna get uh, you're gonna get a lot of things and it, it a lot of outside buyers coming in depending on depending on price too like like condos are getting a little bit pricey uh, but people are still buying. As long as they're buying, they're going to sell, and, and the prices are good for everybody. They'll they'll sell them. You here's, know? here's the thing too. I mean, uh, you have a stu- you mentioned student. You have a student living in this uh, condo. You have the LRT going past the condo. It's going to go to McMaster, right? Yeah, yeah. That's you know tailor made for well, people going to Mac. For sure, they don't need to have uh, they don't need to have a house right by McMaster University. Exactly. They can. And the great thing about being downtown, there's you know they got access to everything, restaurants and whatever else uh, they they want uh, for you know for a student that mm-hmm. would love they love to be downtown where all all the action is. So I would imagine this kind of plan would spur other. People who have investment dollars to spend to look at downtown to say, "Hey, I'll buy a shop down there. Maybe I'll buy a house just you know a few blocks away." It's got it's got to spur that idea. Yeah, I think it adds validity to the investment in downtown yeah. Hamilton when you have such you know such well known investors, savvy investors that are investing this amount of money into Hamilton. It it kind of puts you know a little bit more motivation behind other other investors and other other people that are are. You know, looking for properties in in the real estate market, and looking for you know condos to build, or looking for land. It, it and and once you start to see the landscape of the towers going up, um, and it, it just takes that first 
that first person. Right. Similarly, like going into an old neighborhood, you know, you see the Mississauga neighborhoods, the Oakville neighborhoods. There's always that first guy to, to tear down the old wartime bungalow. And then in five or six years, all of a sudden, the whole neighborhood's transformed into these, you know, big two-story massive mm-hmm. houses on big lots. So it just takes the, you know, the first initial investment. And I think this will have an effect on the on the rest of the landscape downtown Hamilton. Yeah. yeah tourism think- tourism will be up. People, you know, exactly. like you can see the hotels are building hotels that, you know, the, uh, hotels wouldn't go up unless they know there was a market mm-hmm. for that. So I, I think the thinking, too, if you're an investor, is that, okay, someone has jumped in. I better jump in while the the getting's good too, right? right? I don't right. want to miss out. Yeah. yeah, because once it's all developed, then then you know the price is going to go up, up, right? Like yeah. like you're you're buying before the infrastructure's there. Like the, right now, the infrastructure might not be able to support you know the amount of people that are going to be down there, but but that's what the LRT is going to support. That's what these you know new roadways and traffic circles are going to support. Exactly. So it's 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 all part of the process in terms of you know. Oh yeah, city. James Street, James Street, all the little shops <laughs> down there. They're gonna, they're gonna do well. Mm-hmm. Be, it'll be just like it was in the uh, '60s and '70s and '80s. Back yeah. in the day. Yeah, back in the day. So I saw this headline uh, online uh, last night as I was uh, scurrying about uh, the World Wide Web. What's the deal with those "We Buy Houses for Cash" companies? From time to time, I've seen you know signs on. Um, at the corner uh, at the stoplights, yeah. yeah, yeah. We buy houses the, for the, cash. That's more of a, a smaller investor doing it. But what what these big companies are doing, they're they're uh, real estate investment trust companies. So and I, like I know a guy in the U.S. and from Atlanta, and uh, a company's hired him to buy everything up. And now th- there's a difference between Canadians and Americans. Um, yes, there is. <laughs> Thankfully, so, in some regards. <laughs> so Americans, they believe everything. Right. They they will buy, you know, uh, you know, a cup for uh, uh, like the the a cup for a hundred bucks, and if you told them that 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 coffee is going to be better than any coffee if you drink <laughs> yeah. from that cup, right. a Canadian will say, "Well, I don't think so." I'll just go to Timmy's. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> but um, but in the U.S., there's a lot of these uh, real estate uh, investment companies. Um, they're hiring uh, big teams. To go in and buy and, and say, hey, whatever you see for sale, mm-hmm. buy it, and they're hoping to flip it and and make a profit from it. But but what it is is they're going after the uh, the the person that needs to sell right away. So somebody that doesn't want to go through the process of uh, of going through, you know, maybe selling their house. It takes thirty days having showings. Right. Uh, they get an offer, close, and, and these guys are closing less than thirty days. They can get out, and I think they're taking advantage of people that are probably that are in trouble and they need to get out and uh it it, uh they're just you know these these guys wouldn't be doing unless they're making a big profit so what they do is they go in they buy the house they fix it up clean it up a bit and flip it Mm -hmm. and it's just and that's what they're doing i know uh a guy named mark spain uh in atlanta georgia um they're buying like you would not believe like houses going out of style so it and i don't know how long they're going to keep doing this but He's making money. I guess as long as the return on investment is yeah. Exactly. Well, anytime you buy a a property for you know sixty five percent of what it's worth, the return on investment's probably pretty good. Pretty That's good, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, you're making your your return before you even move in. So. But ca- but Canadians aren't like that. Canadians, I I don't feel that that I think this real estate uh, investment trust company is uh, I I I don't think they'll they'll prosper as much here in Canada as they do in the U.S. Mm-hmm. That, and that that's my opinion because uh, Canadians that were in pretty good standings, even though the average Canadian, you know, the household debt's high, but they're managing it. 
You know what I'm right. saying? So, Yeah, in the uh, cash buyers apparently go after people in situations, you referred to this too, who require a fast sale. So those who are going through a divorce, maybe filed for bankruptcy, foreclosure uh, is in the equation, an employment change. So maybe they're moving from city to city or province to province. Uh, probate sales as well, which might be more of a factor uh, in the U.S. And generally, according to this article, you'll only receive 50 to 80 percent market value. So yeah, it might be a quick sale, but it's, you're not, it's making, not worth it. Yeah. Not worth it. Yeah. When we come back, uh, we will talk about uh, while your home can be a hot property, even when it's cold outside with the colder months on the way. You're listening to the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. Welcome back. You're listening to the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. Rick Samprin in studio with Rob Golfie and Philip Golfie, sales representatives with Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfie team. Find them online. RobGolfie.com is the website. That's Rob, G-O-L-F-I.com. Call them anytime at 905-575-7700. That's 905-575-7700. Twitter and Instagram, the handle is at Rob Golfie. Check out the Facebook page as well and subscribe to the Hamilton Real Estate Show podcast wherever you get your favorite podcast have a question for the golfy team send them an email questions at robgolfie.com that's questions at robgolfie.com still to come why you shouldn't bury your pet in the backyard i mean you're allowed but there are some uh, pros and cons for doing so and we'll also talk about why your home is not selling your home can be a hot property even when it's cold out so we know that the colder months are on the way uh, but selling in early fall and certainly in the winter provides some challenges but uh, the spinoff is that the the buyer out there is much more motivated than they would be at any other time of the year. Yeah, usually when people are shopping for real estate at that time, they're very motivated. It's not too not too often you're going to get out of your car and you know in cold weather, damp weather, and, just to and, kick the tires. Yeah, right? just to just to you know go for a, a cruise and and check out some real estate. It's you know usually the buyers are more motivated. In addition, usually there's a lot less properties on the market. Right, this isn't your you know your typical selling time of year for for somebody that that's going to sell their property but in in reverse it's it's an opportunity to be able to catch those motivated buyers with less competition on the market if mm -hmm. there's if there's eight properties for sale in a neighborhood well you know most oftentimes it's you know who's going to drop their price the most or who's going to drop their price first is might sell first right right now we're in a, you know when you're in a position where where everyone can only look at your property you're you're in a you, no there's no competition on there's the market no choices not mm -hmm. much choices yeah, to and, pick and, from and now you're 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 attracting all the motivated buyers so you know most oftentimes is, is what we find is there's a lot less appointments booked from from our appointment center we have an opportunity to look at the stats uh week by week to see how many appointments are booked they 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 drastically drop through the fall and winter months and then the sales are still strong right so the the, the sales are still still high and strong just just less appointments uh, there's motivated buyers out there are the sellers just as motivated well the sellers are always concerned like like that's the, the number one question we get when we go into a home evaluation during this time of year say you know should i should i sell now or should i wait until the spring mm -hmm. and i said you know every single day there's properties that are bought and sold right if, if everybody had that mentality there wouldn't be any listings on the market today right, and, yeah. and so on um and and depending on the style of property or the type of property 
you know, your, your question or the question, your, your answer to that question will vary. Right. Yeah, depending on yeah. the home, the homeowner. Yeah, yeah like it's it depending on motivation, depending on, you know, timing. Like I just went on one uh, a couple of days ago, and he has a he has a closing date of the end of March. Okay. Uh, so he's asking, should I list now? And I said, you know what? A lot of people, when they're looking for houses, they're looking to move into a house with, within 60 to 90 days. Mm-hmm. So not six months. And so – You'll have people look at it, but and and they may it might be the right house for them, but they're going to keep looking to find that one that is going to be a quicker sit, right. closing or, date. Or or what you you say if somebody were to come give you what you wanted, do you have a place to move into? And then usually if that's the case, you know if somebody gets their price, they'll adjust and mm-hmm. and and, and move in with. They'll, the, they'll, they'll find know, a way. They'll, they'll find, find a way, right? But. It, and and usually if the answer to that question is yes, then then yeah, you can go ahead and sell it. But but if they can't, nobody's going to come buy your house with a six month closing or seven month. Cl- it's just they, they, they can buy realistic. Yeah, they can, they yeah. can buy new, and 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 nobody wants to do two moves. Like they they'll do it once, but then once they've gone through it, they'll say they'll never do it again <laughs> yeah, exactly. because moving twice, like they have to pack their stuff, put it in storage, yeah. and then and then and then bring it out. It's it it, it becomes very it's a big uh, very stressful. Yeah. Let's talk about pricing in the off season because we know that the buyers are motivated. So, are you more aggressive in terms of setting the price? You know, it, it it's tough because sometimes I look at at homes that have sold in early spring versus you know the summer and then versus the fall, um, and you got to be careful when you're pricing houses. So sometimes, it it like like Philip said, every every week is different. So. When, when I'm gauging it, I'm gauging, okay, what's for sale at the time? If right. there's not much for sale, you know what? I think you can push the market. But if you look at what's sold in the early spring, like let's say February, March, and April, those are strong months. There's a there's a, more buyers out there, and, and there's also good inventory, but th- the prices are a little stronger than they are probably summer and fall. Um, it's, it's, it's hard to gauge, you know, Rick, it's like, you know, depending on how many are for sale and all that kind of, and, mm-hmm. and, and, and the condition of the house, like if he's got a lot of upgrades, like your house will sell if you've got everything done, you got beautiful kitchen, beautiful floors, but updated bathrooms, uh, roof is less than five years old, backyard <laughs> is trimmed, driveway looks great, mm-hmm. like landscaping and everything you will get top dollar yeah. regardless no whether what what time of the year it is right, yeah because right. that's what people want but if you got you know things that need to be done then you know what you have to people make adjustments to that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the the question we like especially in this time of season right now today the question we get is you know what's my what's my home worth right now and and okay you know we can we can give you an evaluation based on you know present value today's value and then their follow-up question was, "Okay, great, but what's my home going to be worth in the spring?" Right? <laughs> really? And 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 so that's always hard for us to gauge because we don't know, right? right. And, and I'm saying, well, mm-hmm. you know, it could be worth it, more it or, less. Worth more, or less. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and exactly. Like you know, we don't know what's going to be on the market at that time. We don't know what comparable sales are going to sell because guess what? If your neighbor sells through through the winter months and you know ends up getting divorced and all of a sudden they have a fire sale and take take, take a lot less value, well, that sale that your neighbor's property, you know has is going to affect the value of your house mm-hmm. now we're, we're dealing with that objection where somebody's going to come purchase your house and say well the next one just sold for for x amount of dollars right. why do you think yours is worth this so there's a lot of things that can happen between you know the selling period now and the selling period from four or five months from now and 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 you know it's often hard to answer that question so i i usually don't answer it. i usually say you know if things continue to trend the way they are you know 
your price might be the same, but your days on market might be a little less, mm-hmm. right? So you, you, the dynamic will change that way, right. but but nothing's going to fluctuate, you know, drastically in a three three month period. Right. And, and the biggest difference might be your your days on market where you might go from, you know, selling in 38 days to selling in 21 days right. instead. So how big of a factor and you mentioned this, you know, if a neighbor's house sells low or sells high, how much of an impact does it have on the next person in that neighborhood? Uh, it, you know what? It, it depends. Every, if, it's a one, if it's a one off only, yeah. like yeah. It, it depends, because sometimes, uh, you know, we don't know the circumstances. Um, I don't just look at that one. Yeah, because. Uh, there's a lot of circumstances I look at. For one, I look at, okay, what the, what did this house have? Mm-hmm. What why did it sell for a, a lower price? Then I look at, you know, maybe, you know, was it a, a, an agent from an outside area that didn't know the market that well? There's a lot of circumstances. But then I also, you know, I expand the area. I go like, you know, three four blocks over on each side, and you know, and and find out what the average is going for. One guy sells for a cheap price. I don't go by that because it, it could it'll hurt the next guy. So right. if, if you're following that, um, and, and a lot of agents, what they do, and this is the biggest mistake that a lot of realtors do, is they compare uh, the home based on houses that are currently for sale, like they're they're not sold yet. Mm-hmm. I like we always go by based on what the market is willing to pay, uh, and that's you know. So I mean, if you got five homes for sale and they're all listed at you know, close to six hundred thousand. And meanwhile, you got another five homes that sold between five and a quarter and five fifty. I'm going to go based on what what actually happened, right. not what people are trying to make yeah, happen. The proof's in the pudding, right? Yeah. So, is it easier to price a home in the fall as opposed to the spring? Um, you you got to be. I think it's harder in the spring because we it don't know what the spring the spring. Mar- spring market is going to do. Mm. So you kind of like what we do is we try to push the market. And see what the market will bear, but not not too far off. Right. Um, and and if it seems like uh, we're getting a lot of action and, and things are moving, then you just keep going step by step. It it, it you can't go from you know 2018. Let's say 2018. There's a house that's worth five five hundred thousand, and then 2019. Let's put it at six hundred thousand. Yeah. It just doesn't work that way. We did have that little boost in 2017. And it was that was just something you know that rarely happens, and I don't think we'll see that for another twenty years. Mm-hmm. And uh, but it, it just house prices do not go up that dramatically in in one year. Like right. I, I had somebody that moved into their house last I think September October, um, and then they call me up in the summer and they want a hundred thousand more, and I'm like. Uh, what sold? Like, how come? He goes, well, you do house prices house? are. Uh, I heard house prices are moving up, and it's like you know, you're like you try to, you know, tell the homeowner saying, you know, this is you know what's happening, yeah. and you know, there's three prices out there. You got the real estate agent giving his price. Right. You got the homeowner has a price in mind, and then you got the market. The the consumer has got a price, right. so everybody's got a different price. So. <laughs> When in the fall does that motivation factor start to dwindle? So we know that right now buyers are motivated. Is there a week? Is there a month? Is there a day coming up this fall that that kind of starts to decline? So right now, a lot of investors are out looking because they're seeing houses been uh, uh, lingering on the market for a bit, and they're going to take a run at a uh, at a house and put an offer in. Uh, homeowners, they're still looking. You know, maybe they sold their house. They, there's a crunch time. They want to get into a, another house before Christmas. Mm-hmm. 
Um, we are doing closings right now before Christmas and in January. Right now, uh, we're selling houses that are closing either, you know, towards prior to Christmas or, or in the new year. Right. It, it depends. Like, I mean, there's, uh, we get all sorts of buyers. They're, they look at different times. There's always new buyers coming into the marketplace every week. Hmm. Always new. And it's like when you put a house up for sale, you get this tremendous amount of action on, on the house when it first goes up for sale. So those are the current buyers that are currently looking in the marketplace. Right. Then after that, once, once all those buyers have looked at it, we know that that's the price range they're looking at. That's the area that they're looking at. And uh, so now, once they've exhausted and looked at that house, we have to wait for new buyers to come into the marketplace. So, so you'll see a house go up for sale, and you get 20, 30 showings right, out the, right, off, right in the first week. And then the second week, you get some. Then after that, it dwindles down. So now if you're the ha- first, first 20, 30 people that looked at this house did not put an offer in. Then you know, okay, we're off on the price. Right. You know, I've, but, but we're not that off, far off because – they, you got you got twenty to thirty people. We got twenty to thirty door, people right? to come out, and yeah. so we, we know we're close. So now we have to make an adjustment on the price on the, by the at least by twenty one days. I usually say. Right, Phil, you wanted to jump in. I was going to say, you know, tw- if, if somebody hasn't made a move, or or there's been thirty people inside your property, thirty parties, or twenty even twenty parties inside your property, and you haven't gotten one offer, it's it's there's a disconnect between what's being shown online or the house that's being shown online, the price, and when somebody comes through. Right. So oftentimes. You know, one a big thing for us is, is getting feedback and calling other agents. You know, what did your clients think? What did your clients think? What what are they saying? You know, what what was the reaction when they walked through the property? Because when somebody's walking through the property, they're going to talk out loud. They're going to they're going to share how they feel. They're mm-hmm. going to they're going to share what they're thinking. That feedback is so important to not only us but but our seller wants to know too. And and you know, because when we first come in to to do a home evaluation, that's their only sample size of somebody walking through their house. Right. So we're going to offer our, you know, our expertise and what we think. And then and then, you know, once you get 20 buyers in the marketplace, if everyone's saying the same thing, then you got to make an adjustment, whether it's on price or whether it's, you know, doing something that that that's going to make your house a little bit more saleable. Right. And then and then, you know, it's different when you get into the luxury properties. We we have a listing in in Grimsby at one point four five million. We've had four showings in six months. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's not out of the norm. Mm -hmm. Like that's normal right in terms of your upper echelon showing so you know for each one of those showings it's a different style of showing in terms of making sure the property is prepared you you you, you put it on a pedestal you, you, because every single one of those showings is so important right but feedback matters just as much as the one that's selling for 250,000 and not selling yeah uh, tips to attract buyers in the fall and winter according to this article and you guys can tell me if you agree or disagree with any of these decorate for warmth upgrade your house photos focus on lighting uh, make your house cozy and showcase energy efficiency. Uh, yeah, show coziness, uh, lighting, definitely. Um, <clears throat> what was the other? Uh, Every other... one of those fits, you know, any season, right? Yeah. But, right, but, yeah. You know, the it, the fall and winter are nicer, right? When you when you walk into a house, the fireplace is on. Right. You know, the, you get the, the cozy woods crackling, kind of feeling, right? you know, the yeah. light. Uh, you know what I mean? It, it's just a little bit more more coziness when a little bit more warmer when you walk into a house that right. that during those months but yeah. in, in the summer if you're going to walk into a property and it's hot and it's sweaty and it smells <laughs> yeah, and yeah, whatever yeah. It, 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 you you're know run you're, you're, you're the, button hooking and walking right back out the front door and yeah. onto the, the next one the other thing the other good thing if you have a house that backs onto the highway and it's the best time to sell is in the middle of winter because nobody's going to be walking around the backyard listening for the highway <laughs> yeah. that's a good point so because the windows will stay shut nobody opens the windows and say 
Yeah, it seems pretty good. I don't hear any highway noise yeah. <laughs> in the it, house. You don't. Is that a factor though, like the highway or the train in the backyard? Yes, I would. The highway is is ma- massive. Is it really? Yeah. And and it's so funny. So train. I think the train also more more so the train. Depending how close the train, I've seen. So yeah. so in Grimsby, train in Grimsby, so right the in Grimsby, you got the escarpment, you got the lake, and and right through it is is the QEW. Yeah. Right. So you're you're living on either side of the QEW, no matter what. And, and virtually in any neighborhood in Grimsby, if you listen to it, you'll hear a hum mm-hmm. from the highway. It's so a little din, so yeah. somebody will say, you know, I want to live in Grimsby um, and, 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 you know, be, be close to the highway, right, for, for commuter access. And then, and then, you know, you'll show them the property and whatever and, you know, they'll say, well, I can hear the highway. Well, <laughs> it's like, well, what yeah. do you, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and it's so funny because there's no other space yeah. between in, in Grimsby. Right? Yeah, and no, the highway yeah, goes because right it's, a narrow, it's a narrow corridor through, right. through the, that area. But... Um, the noise does, uh, like everybody hears it, but, but the noise does hit the escarpment and bounces off and goes back to mm-hmm. the, to the other side of the Queenie. So, I mean, no matter what, like, like the different communities have different things. Um, and it hasn't hurt the, the, the real estate values in, in, uh, in Grimsby. Right. So, but, but trains do make a factor. People look at that and they, yeah. and, they, and they, and they're not sure if it's going to be, you know, you often Loud get the question not. is, you know, how many times does the train come? And, and a, a big how question is, is especially through, you know, the Nagra area, it's, you know, you know, is all day go going to gonna affect yeah, the trains right. coming behind my house? And, and that's what, you know, mm-hmm. people are asking right now where they're avoiding the train tracks because of the future plans of the GO station and, and getting those, you know, those GO trains coming every half hour. Interesting. Uh, still to come, here's why your property is not selling. And we'll talk about burying your pet in your backyard. That's coming up next year on the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. Welcome back. You're listening to the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. Rick Samprin in studio today with Rob Golfie and Philip Golfie, sales representatives with Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfie team. You can find them online, robgolfie.com. That's Rob, G-O-L-F-I.com. 905-575-7700 is the phone number. Again, that's 905-575-7700. At Rob Golfie on Twitter and Instagram. Be sure to like the Rob Golfie Facebook page as well. And subscribe to the Hamilton Real Estate Show podcast wherever you get your favorite podcast so why is your home not selling well we got a couple of uh, tidbits to share uh, starting with uh, the home really isn't up to snuff so it needs a lot of upgrades obviously this would be a big detractor for any buyer who's walking into a home to say i don't know there there's a lot that needs to be done here yeah for sure um you don't know what a like most buyers are the same so if you've got Ten buyers looking at that house. Then, okay, they're looking for something, right? They, you know, um, and if they're not putting an offer in, it's obviously either needs too much updates, and if they put the updates in, the value they've they've got more money into it than what the value is. Right. So uh, either the price comes down, and or the homeowner upgrades what he needs to do, mm-hmm. and 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 it basically, it, all the time it's price. Price is based on on the condition of the house. 
of what it has in upgrades right. and, and how it's taken care of. And changing the price is a lot quicker than upgrading a kitchen. It, it right. is, because you're trading dollar for dollar, then you have to wait for it. Exactly. So, I mean, but it, upgrading a kitchen and doing it makes the house sell easier and faster. Now, you will do you do lose money, but you can't do it in the process while you're selling. Right. So, so if you're, you know, and if you're planning on selling, there's certain updates that you can do that can make it sell quicker for at least amount of money. And and then that and that's the key thing. Mm-hmm. Like like shingles is a big factor. Like, you know, if you got shingles that are curling, now the guy that's buying it says, Well listen, as soon as I move in, I gotta I gotta, I gotta put roof, both yeah. five to ten thousand dollars in shingles or maybe more. So they don't really want to do that. Like they, they want a house that, you know, at least they got another 10 years of shingles left yeah. uh, before they have to do anything. Uh, another reason why your home is not selling, photos are lacking. So we know the first point of contact for many buyers is going to MLS, going to romgolfie.com, checking out photos. And if the photos aren't really up to snuff, eh, they're probably not going to get a lot of action. Yeah, when you see dark photos, they're taking it from an old iPhone Polaroid camera. camera? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they haven't updated their iPhone camera. Yeah. But they, you, you know what? You, a, a professional. We always have professional photographers that photograph our homes, and and they get touched up if if they don't look as good. You know, if there's like if they're a little dark, we sure. we highlight them and stuff like that. But photos are very important because yeah, huge. you know you want people to see. You know, you're you're selling something. It's like a car. You know, you 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 know people take a. A car picture of a car when they're selling it when it's clean, not yep, dirty, right? Exactly. Uh, you won't have this problem with the golfie team, that's for sure. Not marketing enough. Yes, marketing. You may get the buyer. So we market to realtors and to the public, right? So, so we don't know where that buyer is going to come from. So, where, where we market to, that buyer will look at it and he'll call his agent. And we will market to agents, and we do market to the public. Mm-hmm. People, people shop for real estate in so many different ways today. Like, like. Old fashioned would just be, you know, newspaper MLS, even you know, just MLS, and then that that was it. Right. Now there's so many different ways. You you got your Facebook Marketplace, you got your Kijiji, you got your MLS. You have a bunch of different websites that produce the same amount of real estate listings that an MLS would. And and now when I talk to people, I'll say, well, what do you use to to look for real estate, or, or or what are you doing, right? And they'll say, well, I use this website because it shows you know the schools around the area and the walkability scores, and that's what's important to me. Mm. And then other people will say, well, I use this website because it has the the map right beside the uh, right beside the listing, so you can exa- see exactly where that listing is and pinpoint it where that street is because right. I want to see where it is in comparison to the bus stop. So everybody has their own little thing that they use or that they're comfortable using with. To, to look for real estate, whether it's just, you know, a, an ease of navigation of a website. Now, it's important to be on every little, you know, every single website and, and cover cover the the range of how people are shopping for real estate. And to, to constantly stay up to date and, and cover those things, it's, it's hard for us to do, but that's what we do, right? Mm-hmm. We, that's, you know, we wake up every single day and we don't say, you know, we, that's what we think about is how to get more exposure for each and each and every single one of our listings and how do we get more access to, to larger buyer pools so that more people are seeing our listings and it's something as little as when somebody googles you know homes for sale in hamilton well we want to be the number one listing on google that people are going to find when they search homes for sale in hamilton and that goes throughout all the communities that we work in so constantly thinking in terms of how people are shopping for real estate today and how how much it's changed in the last five years makes you know we have to adapt to it got uh, about uh, 30 seconds left to talk about the last uh, two points and why your home is not selling you hired the wrong listing agent and you haven't priced your home to sell absolutely seems kind of simple yeah absolutely 
somebody hired uh, their brother-in-law that's only sold one house. <laughs> pay, get what you pay for, right? Yeah, well, absolutely. When we return, why you shouldn't bury your pet in the backyard, and uh, we'll also explain the different rules from province to province on this topic. You are listening to the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. One more go-round here on the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. Rick Samprin in studio with Rob Golfie and Philip Golfie, sales representatives with Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfie team. 905-575-7700. That phone number again is 905-575-7700. RobGolfie.com is the website. Rob, G-O-L-F-I.com. If you have a question for the Golfie team or a topic idea for a, fu- for a future show, email questions at RobGolfie.com. Again, that's questions at RobGolfie.com. Dot com. Download the Hamilton Real Estate Show podcast, and uh, you can find them all over social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The handle is at Rob Golfie. Um, we're just past Halloween. Uh, some people may have had pet cemeteries as their Halloween decorations, uh, but this is <laughs> this is a real thing. People have pets. Those pets will pass away, and some people will bury those pets in their backyards. So you're in the buying and selling uh, house game. Should people be doing this? Um, it's not against the law. It is not against the law it, in Ontario. It, no. It's not against the law in Ontario. But they're saying that if you do bury your pet in your backyard, uh, it should be buried two feet uh, deep. Right. And it sh- there should be like a nice big rock above it right. so that another animal cannot dig it up right. and, and eat it because there could be diseases. Your, you may have another pet that digs it up and, and could end up dying because yeah. it uh, it. it it got into that one that that's passed away, mm-hmm. but uh, it's funny though. More people are worried about, you know, if anybody passed away in the house, but nobody ever asks. That's not a common question. <laughs> is right? there is there any pets buried in the backyard? And and uh, you know what? I don't know. I don't think it would bother me, but uh, but if you have a pet, I don't know. I don't. I, it's I don't. I don't. It doesn't bother me, but. Nobody's ever asked that question, but I'm sure it'll come up tomorrow when somebody's looking at houses <laughs> do and they you, listen to this uh, this show. Do you have to disclose it? Um, if I, somebody asks, if somebody yeah. asks, yeah. So, so you don't legally have to say, no. "Hey, by the way." Yeah. So just don't tell anybody that you buried your pet in your backyard. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. So if you have a pet in your backyard, do do not tell anybody, or don't tell the real estate agent. Right. And that's it. But but it, but nobody ever asked that question. So if somebody were to buy a home, there's a pet buried in the in the backyard. Someone buys a home. Now they want to put a pool in the backyard. They're digging up the backyard. Holy cow! We found some bones. What's going on here? <laughs> so if it's if they've probably buried a big uh, Great Dane or something <laughs> like know, that, yeah. they'll probably call an archaeologist of people looking at it, and they'll think, hey, they found what have something. we found here? Yes. Yeah, and. Uh, you know what? But I, I think if I think if you're on a farm, and you have a big dog, like the big giant dogs, mm-hmm. like they're almost like a you know next to a pony size or a horse, um, you know, bury it way out there. But I don't think you I don't think you should bury something like that in a residential neighborhood yeah. because eventually somebody's going to dig that up and they're going to wonder you know what's going on. But uh, but I know there's people that probably I 
you know, that lived in their houses for 30 years, and they've probably got, and they, they're dog lovers, and mm. they've probably got two, five, six dogs there. in their backyard buried. And I don't want to know who you are, and yeah. I don't want to, don't tell me. <laughs> and, so uh, in Quebec, uh, for environmental and public health reasons, it's illegal to bury your animal in your yard. It's saying it may pollute the ground, the water, and the air. In B.C., it's illegal to bury uh, a pet in your yard in Vancouver and Victoria, but many towns in rural areas allow it. In Ontario and New Brunswick, it is allowed, uh, although the burial site has to be two to four feet deep, and it has to be away from a source of water, which I guess kind of makes sense. Uh, And some provinces, including Saskatchewan, allow pet owners to spread their animals' ashes in their yards, but in some cities, such as Ottawa, this practice is illegal. It's kind of funny where, you know, some yeah, places like, like, is good, some yeah. places not. But, uh, I mean, you know what? It's illegal. That's, like I said, don't tell people. You, you could say, I, I spread ashes, but they're going to have to find DNA of your dog someplace right. if, if they catch you. But. Do you. Do you think it would scare potential buyers away if the owner said, hey, by the way, you know, there's a, an I, area I, of I, my backyard that has a You dog know what? If somebody told me, and uh, I don't think it bothered me. Like, I mean, if I happen to dig a pool and I saw, uh, you know, that they found a, a, you know, a little a dog in the backyard, um, I would say, oh, wow, you know, they must have had a dog they loved. Mm-hmm. And uh, they wanted it, you know, buried in their backyard so that, you know, um, like, like, you'd be amazed. Like, people that have dogs and people that don't have dogs, like, I mean, like, people that have dogs, they love their dogs. They're the best things in the world. I don't know, Rick, do you have a dog? I have a dog, yeah. Dogs are the greatest thing. We have a love-hate relationship. Yeah, yeah. So, so, but people that don't have dogs, they don't see it that way. Yeah, they, they. Oh, it's a completely different world. Yeah, right? it is. Like before, I'll tell you, I grew. I didn't grow up with a dog. I Same always, with me. I Same always with wanted me. a dog, you know, and I didn't grow up with a dog. And then you see, you know, uh, pictures of families. They have their dog and their happy their, families their, with, yeah, dog. With, with the dog. I, why would they do that? Why would they put a dog in a picture? Right. This is me. Yeah. You know, growing growing up before you had a dog. Yeah. Guess what. I have our dog and our family there picture. There you go. Like, that's that's part of the fan. Like, these dogs, they bring a lot of love and uh, comfort to sure. uh, families. And uh, so if you don't if you don't have a dog, people, I'm saying you should try it. They're, 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 they are great to have, mm-hmm. in, uh, and they always love you. Um, and uh, people that do have them, you know, good for you guys. Yeah. I hope you guys take care of them. Very much different from cats. Yeah. Which I have four of. You got four oh, cats? Oh, wow. you're four, a cat for a guy. Cat guy. You no, are, no, no, no. Uh, Rick's no, no, no. a cat oh, guy. I did not know hold you on. were a cat Put it in the news. <laughs> My wife has Breaking four cats. News. Yeah, that's it. That's it. <laughs> and we have a dog. No, so, I love them all. Yeah, so I, I want to say one thing before we, we yes. head out. So Lock Street has gone through tremendous amount of construction. Yeah. A lot of businesses suffered through that. So I think it's opening up. Is it opening up this weekend? Uh, is uh, this the weekend? This weekend or next, yeah. Yeah. Guys, everybody, listen. To help out the merchants on Lock Street, you know what? Go down there. You know, buy a coffee. You know, go go buy things. A lot of good spots. Buy, go, go down there. Bread there, bar. My help. Dog's Cafe. Got, you know, they got, donut the donut monster. they got the Donut Monster. Listen, go down there. And help those uh, merchants. They suffered. They suffered <laughs> six on? months. They suffered six months of uh, this grueling construction. And uh, go go down there and help them Support out. Support lock for sure. Great message. Thank you for listening to the Hamilton Real Estate Show. We're back next Saturday at nine on nine hundred CHML.